Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. We're going to take a look at the Union Women's Hockey Team's dramatic 2-1 overtime victory over RPI on Tuesday night at Messerink. It was an incredible game. A game probably Union did not deserve to win. Um, they didn't play well. Uh, RPI played a much better game. RPI was a more restful team that were coming into the game while Union was playing its third game in five days, plus the fact that they uh, had final exams starting Thursday. So a lot on the minds of the Dutch women. And it was a game that just they, they didn't play well. They Their, their passing was not crisp. Uh, they were just making some mistakes and trying to do too much, it appeared. And, and they had struggled to get shots on goal. Uh, they only ended up finished with 17 shots on goal. They took them almost no, just nearly 16 minutes into the first period to get their first shot on goal. And then they didn't get a shot on goal until about 11 seconds left in the third period. Uh, but the game was tied at 1-1 after uh, after regulation. And then Riley Walsh, earning a reputation as Miss Overtime, scored the game winner at uh, 302 of the overtime session the third time in the last four games she has scored the game winning goal in overtime we'll have um, interviews with um, Riley Walsh Sophie Matsukas the goaltender and Emily King uh, a little bit later as well as uh, Chris Ardito the uh, union assistant coach who is running things while head coach Josh Skiba is with the Team USA women's national team they're having the rivalry series against Canada and game one was played Tuesday night so he'll, he'll, you know, Josh will be away. He'll be back sometime uh, in December. But as I said, I mean, this was a game that RPI just, I think, deserved to win. They, they deserved a better fate. And they played well. They I mean, they bottled up Union. They frustrated Union. But, uh, and uh, the engineers took a one nothing lead in the first period when Sabrina Boudoin uh, scored a power play goal at 6.52. And that was just RPI's third power play goal of the season. Uh, they came into the game at 2 of 44. Not very good. That's only 4.5%. But on the first attempt of the uh, game, they scored and had a one nothing lead. Now, as I said, it took nearly um, 16 minutes for Union to get a shot on goal in that first period. Uh, they did get one. And just a few seconds later, Raleigh Walsh came through for the Dutch women. Dutch women need to get going here. Here's a two-on-two. Bodwin for Walsh. Walsh. Pulls it back, shot, score! Riley Walsh! That's Andrew Santillo on the call on ESPN+. And the score stayed that way, 1-1 going into the second period. And it was that way going into the third period. Now, Union had really, as I said, struggled a lot. And they took a lot of penalties. Uh, they gave RPI six power plays, including a major power play late in the uh, second period when Meredith Killian, Killian uh, was called for hitting from behind with about 20 seconds left in the period. That power play spilled over into the third period. Uh, and if you recall in the Dartmouth game on November 5th, sort of the same thing happened where there was a major penalty against Union. Uh, Carmen Merlo had a slew footing penalty, was got a five-minute major out of game misconduct. Killian did not get thrown out of the game uh, in this one. But uh, you know, Dartmouth had scored twice on the power play in that game on November 5th. But uh, Union was able to kill the penalty. Then they had to kill a couple more penalties in the third period. There were some missed penalties uh, against RPI, particularly one um, in the uh, late. Excuse me, late in the third period, as my voice is getting cracked up here a little bit. I'm sorry about that. 
Um, Celeste Pedoin of RPI was drilled into the boards by uh, Mangaleta Bredova, and uh, it was she looked seriously hurt. She was withering in pain and crying, and uh, the Mesa Rink was dead saddle for for the longest time as uh, she was being attended to, and. To me, I mean, it was a body check, and in women's hockey, body checking is illegal. And it was clearly a body check, and there was no penalty in the play. Uh, I asked Chris Ardito, uh, the assistant coach is running things, as I said, uh, for Josh Skiba, about that, and you'll hear why he decided not to challenge the uh, call. Uh, he could have challenged it if he wanted to, but decided not to, and uh, well, he'll discuss why he did not challenge. And then as I said, Union didn't get a shot till late in the third period, 11 seconds, and uh, Emily King got a breakaway, shorthanded breakaway, uh, after a Carmen uh, Merler was called for cross-checking at 19.09. Uh, King got in, was stopped by Amanda Rampato. The puck ended up behind the net, and King went after it, and she was checked into the boards by Nina Kristoff. Kristoff got a two-minute penalty for body checking. Emily King got two minutes for embellishment. Um... No, there was, you don't embellish getting hit on a body check. I'm sorry, that was a, an awful call. I mean, I I try not to be you know, talk about the officiating, but it was just it was just a, a bad call. I mean, that that was no way in in, in heck that uh, Emily King embellished that. I mean, she was crunched pretty good. So I don't know what the referee crew was seeing in that one. And of course, uh, considering the ref officiating we saw in the Union Harbor men's game on Saturday, there's not been some good officiating. Uh, in, around in the ECAC hockey, I messed around the last couple of games I've covered. But uh, as I said, the game went into overtime. They were able to kill off the uh, Merlo penalty. Uh, once uh, play stopped and uh, they had a chance to go back to three on three in the overtime, Union got a two on one. Uh, it's Paige Greco sent Marin uh, Friday and uh, Riley Walsh up the ice. Friday carried the puck into the zone, took a shot, and was stopped. And here's what happened get a stick to it, and it's Greco who skates towards the half boards. Turned ahead. Here's a two-on-one. Friday skates in. Marin Friday. Shot, rebound, score! Union gets the winner. It's Riley Walsh. That was Walsh's eighth goal of the season, and uh, as I said, the third time in the last four games, she has scored the overtime game winner. So a great um, great night for her and a great night for the Dutch women as they can go into their uh, uh, end of first trimester exams, feeling good about themselves, and uh, they won't return to action until in a couple weeks uh, when uh, Quinnipiac and Princeton come to town. So it gives them a chance to rest up and uh, get ready for their exams. Well, we got some sound from the uh, post-game press conferences. Uh, I was not the only one at the media uh, scrum. Uh, you'll hear some other voices as well. And uh, first up is the assistant coach of the Union Dutch Women, Chris Ardito. Chris, um, Riley Walsh is becoming this overtime. <laughs> it's just she has a flair for the dramatic, and it comes up big again. Uh, how, how important was this for her to come through again? It's huge. It's huge. I'm I'm really happy that she's having a great breakout year. Um, really proud of the work she's doing. She's she's putting it off the ice and on the ice. Come a long way. I've known her for several years, and just. It's great to see her performing and, and getting the reward for it. Why is she so clutch? Oh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I don't know if she has a rabbit's foot in her in her stuff or whatever. I have no clue, but it's great. I mean, just the game tonight, I mean, 
you come, you're playing your third game in, in about five days. Mm-hmm. You have final exams. It looked like tonight this team was not. I mean, passing wasn't there. Just mm-hmm. everything was seemed to be out of sync tonight. Was it? Was it? Did you see that as well? Yeah, I think. RPI plays a very different brand of hockey than we've been playing, and we talked about it. I think we got a little bit away from the game plan. There were moments where we got into it, um, and we we generated because of it. I think the shift right before our first goal was a good example of that. Um, And then we got away from it at other times, too. I I think we battled hard, but their their game plan is what kind of kept us hemmed, which was good for them for executing what they had to do. Coach, when you, it felt like you have that five-minute power play um, that you can't take advantage of. And it felt like the third period, they had more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of breathe a sigh of relief when you can get it to overtime and then kind of you guys, it was a play where it, it, things just kind of opened up and the goal goes in and you think, all right, well, maybe we weren't dominating for the last 15 minutes, but sometimes you get those. Yeah, I think three-on-three three benefits our team a lot. A lot of open ice, a lot of chances to skate, and it showed. We entered there with three wide like we did the first night against our IT and, and found a soft area off the rebound, same way. So I think the open ice benefits a lot. I mean, even the third period, even though we didn't really have a shot there and we were in our zone a lot. I never really felt threatened. I think we did a good job running our D zone and isolating them pretty well. Um, so at least our, our defensive side was executing. I, I wish we had a little more offense, but yeah. So Les Bedoin, uh gets drilled there. Did you did we did you want to challenge or could, could you not challenge that? Because it seemed like it was a body check, a blatant body check, and they they don't call it. Um, I mean, I could have challenged it. Uh, I wanted to save the timeout in case I was wrong. Uh, they had a pretty good powwow about it. We've had these refs before. They're great. They're, they're professionals. They know what they're doing. Um, and I, I had my radio up to, to the press box to find out what, what we saw with our eyes in the sky, and they didn't see it either. So it just would have been too dicey to challenge it. Um, and she's all right. We have Nick, our trainer, and he's amazing. So he'll get her bandaged up and good to go soon. What four, is it? Four in a row now, um, something that this program hasn't seen just what does that say about this group, and what's the feeling like around this group right now? They're a ton of fun, I can tell you that. They're loud, they're rowdy, they're dancing before the game. They're great. Um, they're excited. It's a new era, right? And I think every team before this has built us up to this. Our culture has improved every year. Um, you know, it's my second year here, but even last year to this year, it's a different group. It's just the foundation that the group last year laid to. Um, the program's moving in the right direction because of the people who came in the past, and this group is just carrying that torch and elevating it even more. What does it say about this team that they didn't play well tonight, but still got the win, four in a row, unbeaten in five? What does that say about this team? Find a way. They compete. You know, they 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 don't let anything get to them. They weren't worried when that first goal went in. They were still cheering on the bench, and and even in the locker room between periods, they weren't at each other. They were like, all right, what do we need to do? And that first TV timeout, we pulled them in. We talked about what we had to change, and that next shift, they did it. So. They're dialed, they're ready to go, and even when we're not rolling, they, they still want to compete, they still want to play hard, and they take pride in what they're doing. You said the officials, these officials are great, but Emily King gets called for an embellishment penalty after she gets drilled after the breakaway. How, I mean, how do you explain that? They're closer to the play than I am. They see different things, so whatever eyes. Well, what we saw about <laughs> the press boxes. Yeah. It's something that we're not going to be able to change. Um, so there's no sense in arguing it. And they're, they're 10 feet away from the play. They have a different view, and their view is the one that matters. So, Up next to speak are Riley Walsh, uh, Emily King, and goaltender Sophie Matsukis, who made 22 saves in the game. 
Riley, you're earning your reputation as Miss Overtime. What? What? How can you describe your clutch? Or how do you? How do you do it? Honestly, I'm not sure. I just keep being given the opportunity and just finishing on it. I would say it comes. I mean, it's a three on three overtime, and kind of when my my dad always had the pond outside, and I just say play like one on ones and three on threes with my brothers and his friends. So I think it comes from that too. Just like being aware. I don't know. What did you see on that play? I, I knew a rebound was going to pop out, so I kind of stayed back. And then, honestly, every time, well, both times that it went in, I just feel like the whistle blows before it actually happens. So I was kind of just shocked that, I don't know, I just saw the puck and shot in the net. What is the, the feeling like to come through uh, like that for your team multiple times so far this season and also in a game like this, uh, chippy rivalry game? I would say just, I mean, I don't know. I can't. Words can't describe the feeling. It's just like when your team just comes over to you and huddles with you and like congratulates you and just like is a team effort. So I don't know. Just like I don't know. Good feeling. Good feeling. I don't know. Emily, you guys look tonight like you guys played your third game in five days and the exams are on the way. There was not much of a Christmas. A lot of passes were missing, the penalties and all that. What does it mean to be able to? to pull out a win like that when you really don't play your best? Yeah, I definitely think our team, I mean, obviously, like you said, you can tell we're a bit tired, but, I mean, we did come out with a win, which is nice. Uh, but you can definitely, yeah, it was our third game in a few days. We just really, we needed to figure out how to keep playing our game. Um, and I think that it'll be nice to have a break coming up to kind of regroup. But, like, finals really take a toll. <laughs> and uh, you could see that. But at the end of the day, like, we won. We we scored more goals in them, and it's a good feeling. So, Sophie, you, what are your thoughts about that? I think just like we kept grinding till the end. Like even though we were tired, we just kept pushing, and like we didn't get that many shots, but that's okay. We we grinded. They like they weren't coming back, and I knew that we weren't. They weren't coming back because we felt like I felt like we were there, and we even though we were tired, we were still grinding and working hard and getting what we needed to get done. And yeah, a lot of penalties kill off too, especially the major there late in the second and into the third. Yeah, to be able to, because that, that takes a lot out of you killing penalties like that. So, what does that mean? What does that say about your team to be able to, to or even overcome that? I think it's just like a momentum booster. Like we, we were blocking shots. Mayor blocked a couple in later power uh, penalty kills, but like just it builds momentum. Like everyone's engaged and everyone's wanting, like trying their best, like getting, the, like not letting the puck get in the net. They want to do anything that they can to not let it go in because we wanted to win that game. You had a chance to win the game in regulation on the shorthand to break <laughs> away. That, yeah. um, and then you get called for an embellishment penalty. Just, just t- take me through the entire play of what that was, um, what that was like. Um, I think I got a lucky like poke check and then just beat her with my speed. Obviously didn't score, a bit frustrating, but it happens. And then, you know, I, I don't agree with everything that happens, but uh, it's out of my control and... Like they're the refs are the ones in charge and you know respect their job and I know, at the end of the day it's a bit of a bummer but like it happens and I you know it's again like it's out of my control and I just have to go into the box. <laughs> uh, with the five four game win streak, something that you know the program hasn't seen, especially for you as as one of the you know older players, just 
What does that mean for you and this program? To, and what's the feeling like that's different maybe with this team than other teams? Um, it's awesome to be a part of the change and to be a leader through the change. I mean, I've been, obviously, I'm a senior, and, like, I mean, my team was nice enough to vote me captain, so it's kind of cool to see how it's changed throughout the years, and I'm pretty honored to be in the spot that I'm at, and it's really nice to see the positives. Like, I just think that we're a really different team this year, and it's awesome to be a part of it, and I'm lucky to be a part of it, and it's a bit of a bummer again, like, I'm a senior, but... I mean, I think this team has so much more potential, and we're not even halfway through the season. And so the four-game win streak is just um, showing that, you know, we are a new team, a better team, and we can keep we can keep getting better. I don't want to keep winning in overtime, but, like, <laughs> but it's fine. We it's got a win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, rec- we're lucky to have her, but, it's, you know. What, what does it say about Riley coming up clutch again? What does it say about her? I mean, she's just a first-year player. Good scouting, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it's... We're lucky to have Riley, and it's it's awesome that she's there in the clutch moments, or even in you know, first goal of the game, like still a clutch moment. But every goal matters, and Riley's a big part of the goal scoring, and she's got to keep it up. She's got to keep helping <laughs> us out. Uh, no pressure, but it's I mean it's awesome to see fresh or er, first years be successful. It's cool. How good is it to go into exam break on the roll like this? Um, good. It'll be nice to get some sleep with no games. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said before, we just we need to regroup. We had two weekends off before, and, and then we came back and we're fine. And then now we'll have two more weekends off and then come back and have some hard games. So I just think, yeah, we just need to practice, go home. for. We get a few days off for Thanksgiving, which will be nice to go home and see family and then come right back and, and then it'll be nice to have no classes and a few weeks of hockey, which is lucky for, like, our school because we do the trimesters. Um, and then we'll be full hockey, no school, and other teams will be into full school. So I think we'll have a bit of advantage in December. By three stars of the game, uh, number three is Sabrina Bodoin, who scored the goal for RPI. Number two, Sophie Matsukas, who earlier Tuesday was named ECAC Hockey Goaltender of the Week. And the number one star... You missed miss overtime herself, Riley Walsh. So that wraps that wrapped up the uh, three stars of the game from me. So what does this what does this uh, victory mean for Union? It's their fourth straight, and they have won or unbeaten in their last five at four zero and one. It's the first time in Division One program history that they have achieved uh, these marks. The last time they won four games, they were back in Division Three days, um, the uh, June I'm sorry January thirty first through February 9th. That was the final year of Division Three play. And the next season, Union went Division One. So, some uh, they keep going along here. They're seven five and uh, one now overall. Two two and one with five and a half points in ECAC play. So they get as I said, they got a chance to rest up here, get their exams going, and then be back in action December second. I may have said December third earlier, but it's December second against Quinnipiac. And then follow that up with December 3rd at against Princeton. They go on the road uh, December 9th to Brown and then they're at Yale on the 10th. And they'll wrap things up with a pair of games against Franklin Pierce uh, December 16th and 17th. Those games will be at Franklin Pierce. Well, if you have any questions or comments about Union College Hockey, College Hockey in general, or any questions about the podcast, you can email me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com and you can follow my coverage of union hockey both men's and women's on twitter at slapshots
The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good night, good hockey.